Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Stephen and the team. Amen. Tonight we want to go into something which really should take us a whole lifetime, but we try to trust the Holy Spirit to compress this understanding within this short time that we have before the Lord. Amen. We're dealing with understanding prophecy. Understanding prophecy. Let us pray. Father, we ask for understanding because except you give us, we by ourselves will never understand. Speak your word into my heart and through my lips and speak to my brethren as well and let your word affect us. May this prophecy that we receive transform us and may we be conformed to your image as we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. One of the very important things that a child of God can never do without is prophecy. Hallelujah. The way people have bastardized prophecy, these days many of us are rather scared of wanting to hear anything called prophecy. But if you look at the scripture very well, you realize that without prophecy, you can't walk with God. Hallelujah. Because the scripture says in Amos 3, 7, it says, The Lord your God will do nothing except he first tells the servants, the prophets. So, you cannot walk with God if you don't believe in prophecy. Hallelujah. You must believe in prophecy to walk with God. You can't say that, as for me, I only have my quiet time. I only pray. Or say that, oh, prophets died after the last apostle. Because after the last apostle, the scripture also records that once upon a time in the book of Acts, there was a man called Agabus, who was a prophet, who also prophesied. And in the book of Revelation, we are told that whosoever denies the words of the prophecy of this book, so if prophecy ended with the last apostle, then the book of Revelation cannot be accepted as prophecy. But it's a prophecy. Hallelujah. So, every child of God who wants to walk with God and wants to hear from God must believe in prophecy. Say amen. Tell your neighbor, I believe in prophecy. Amen. Another thing we must score early is that you must also believe in prophets. Not every prophet, but the fact that God has good prophets. There are many people who say, oh, once I read the Bible, I don't ask for, God doesn't, cannot, nobody else can teach me. No, it's not true. In Second Chronicles 20, 20, the scripture says, believe your God and believe also his prophets. 
Hallelujah. So, it's not enough to say that I read the Bible, so the word of God is prophecy. Yes, I'll explain in a minute. Different types of prophecies. So, number one, believe in prophecy. Number two, believe in the prophets. Because there are different kinds of prophecies and there are different kinds of prophets. But believe in. Don't live. Don't, you, 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 we, we, we don't need to live in a, a, a life and say, Oh, I believe in God, but I don't believe in prophets. Or I don't believe in prophecy. All, of, all prophets are bad. Because some people are bad. No, all prophets are not bad. There are good prophets. And are bad. You, you as a child of God, it's because you lack understanding... Many of us, we lack understanding, so we, we stay away. The obligation to decipher between good and bad prophets, good and bad, a good prophet can give a bad prophecy. That's another thing we, we have to understand. A good prophet can make a bad prophecy sometimes. And it's in the Bible. When Samuel went to the house of Jesse, the Bible had prophesied, the scripture had said of Samuel in chapter 3, 1 Samuel chapter 3, he said, and Samuel grew as a prophet in the house, and, and his prophecy or prophetic ministry was known in all Israel. And none of his word fell to the ground, which means that his prophecies were ditto ditto. And everything came to pass. But when he went to the house of Jesse, in chapter 16, the scripture says, when he identified the first son of Jesse, he said, ah, this is the king. He was wrong. And God said that, as for man, he looks outside. But God looks inside. Say, amen. So, the fact that somebody may be a good prophet, doesn't mean that everything he's always saying, those of us who say that, oh, every dream, me, when I dream, it doesn't go wrong. Watch it. Or this person, his dreams, anytime he's told me a dream, it's always true. Watch it. Because he, a good man, a good woman, who prophesies well, one day can go wrong. Hallelujah. I said that in teaching about understanding prophecy, it's a whole year syllabus in a Bible school. So we won't, in the night, tackle the subject. But we're trusting the Holy Spirit to give us insight. All these things I'm saying are just general stuff. I haven't started the main stuff. That you deny or reject prophecy, or you, you live in a life where you say, oh, prophecy is not important to your detriment. Old and New Testament, God used prophecy to speak to his people. Amos 3, 7. The Lord your God will do nothing except his servants, the prophets. In Revelation, it says the testimony of Christ, the spirit of prophecy. 19 verse 10. So, if you live in an era where there are many false prophets, you can easily resign yourself to conclude that all prophetic message is bad. But that is not 
God's plan for you. You deny yourself of God's direction. You deny yourself of God's inspiration. You deny yourself of God's wisdom. You deny yourself of God's ability when you come to those, you draw those conclusions. You shut the door to God's help. There are many things God has for us. That's why he told us in Second Chronicles 20, 20, Believe the Lord your God. If you want to prosper, believe also. Don't say, I, only be, only, I hear only from God. I don't want to hear any man. The problem is that many of us, God has given us the responsibility to assess, to judge, to prove. He said, despise not prophesy. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's look there. Verse 19, 20, 21. First Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, quench not the spirit. Verse 20 says, despise not. That means that don't look down on prophecy. The, the whole idea of prophecy and the gifts of, the gift of prophecy. Don't shun. Don't belittle. Despising means disrespecting. Dishonoring. Don't feel that, what is this? Don't say that it's unimportant. That is what he's saying. But the verse 21 clarifies it. He says, prove all things. So the job of the church, the pastors, the deacons, the elders, the members, the child of God, is that when you hear a prophecy or you read a prophecy, or you receive a prophecy, or somebody says, I have a word of a dream or a vision for you, there is a biblical way of knowing if it is of God or it's not of God. Now, many Christians have become very lazy and have put off our spiritual test and our antenna. It's like dollar. If you don't have the marker which will Proof if it's genuine or fake. You say, me, I don't like dollar. You are denying yourself. God, dollar is powerful currency. Amen. You can, if, if you really want to be a rich man, you can't trade in Holy City or Naira. Hallelujah. Or a woman. You have to move to dollar. You must be a dollar millionaire to be really rich. CD millionaire or Naira millionaire. So now they mention many billions, but it means nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or the Chinese currency, they mention millions, and it means nothing. But when you are a dollar millionaire or euro millionaire, you are really rich. Amen. But to know if it's genuine dollar, you must have the, the machine. And you must put on the machine. Now the Holy Spirit and the Lord through the word of God, has put the machine to test the, the, the prophecy, which is the dollar and the euro, in our spirits. But we don't put it on. And yet we want to be rich in spiritual matters. You can never be spiritually rich without prophecy. Let me say it again. You can never be spiritually rich you can read all the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, hundred times. You will never be rich without prophecy. Why is it so? Prophecy definition is God's word in season for his people. It's a fresh message of God that he has for his people. Hallelujah. 
That is prophecy. The simple definition of prophecy. He foretells, which means he tells in advance what his agenda is, or he foretells, which means that what is already there, he is explaining, or he is bringing it out. There is a certain level of knowledge before the presence of God, which is already with him, and which he has provided for you and I, but sometimes we don't understand. Prophecy unravels the mystery around the happenings of life. So when you read the scripture, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Prophecy, without prophecy, some of the steps, that you cannot use John 3.16 and Psalm 27 alone to walk in certain dimensions of life. If you are casting out devils, you are doing certain things in ministry, making certain steps in ministry where there are hidden mysteries, you cannot say, oh, I read it is in Acts chapter 10, verse 20. So you can't, sometimes you can't get, use that. You need a supernatural understanding to move there. And that's where prophecy comes in. Hallelujah. We all need it. Amen. Many times, because of the fear and lack of understanding, we don't even want to go there. Because people have contaminated it. It's just like, you see, the dollar, there is fake dollar. There are people who are cutting dollar, making, printing dollar all over the world. Does that stop you from enjoying dollar? If you have to travel to America or Europe, you will still go for the dollar. You don't have a choice. That is how it is. The value prophecy is uh, it's a treasure that a child of God must not despise. That's what we just read. He says, despise not. Don't, don't downplay. Rather pray that God will sharpen your, assess your ability to judge and to prove. So when you hear, you know. But when you become judgmental, when you despise, when you say, oh, that's it. Me, I don't believe him. I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to go near when you do that, you are actually fighting God. Hallelujah. Then you cannot receive that which you don't believe. That is why we must have an open... It says, now, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 and 2, covet earnestly spiritual gifts that you might prophesy. So, I'm moving the game now. God is saying that beyond you hearing from somebody who is prophesying... You now, you, you, every believer, must seek to be the voice of God for the generation. You ma- every man, every woman, every person who walks with God must seek to be the voice of God. And the moment you, you become that voice, you are, you are developing the prophetic gift or ability. Hallelujah. It doesn't make you An official prophet. I'll come to that in a minute. The scripture says, My people perish because of lack of knowledge. I want us to understand that God's desire is for you to desire spiritual gifts, including prophecy. Amen. God's desire. It's for me to desire spiritual, including prophecy. When I was growing up as a young Christian, there was no meeting 
that we had that there was no prophetic utterance. Sometimes we have to stop the meetings, the prophecies. Three, four, five more. As we are growing, we are rather maturing the other way around. A lot of people were young people when we were 16, 17, 18. We just what we read in the Bible about prophecy, we believe it, and it just happened. Tongue and interpretation was the norm. Today in many churches, even Pentecostal churches, New Pentecostal churches, charismatic churches, even the meetings, very few people are interested in. The meetings, our meetings are very packed, back to back, time to time. It's choreographed with no provision for any form of open prophetic utterance. So today many churches are suffering. There is no direction. So people, we, we are complaining about standards and all of those things. The prophetic manifestation was so strong that you couldn't come to a meeting and just, you couldn't just misbehave and come to a meeting. No. They are doing drama prophecy and you are crying. They are singing and you are crying. And you are running to the altar. No altar call. It was so sharp and so real. Conviction. But these days we don't, we meet and it's just like, a, it's just a fun. It's like we and Rotary, there's very little difference. The only difference is that they, they'll sing my old Clementine, sweet Clementine. And they'll sing my grandfather's clock. And all those things. When they say fellowship, you know Rotary, when you go to Rotary, they write, they are, they are fellowship. My grandfather's clock. Da, 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 I don't know why they, why they, how that became fellowship. When they sing all those old time, he's a jolly good fellow, and all those things. That's the, how they understand fellowship. But here we sing Bible-based words as our song. So after that, literally there's not much difference in many places. Because the spirit of prophecy which is a testimony of Christ, we have, we have deemed it in many of our meetings, many of our churches. And people are not growing up believing that ordinary Christians can speak the word of prophecy. Only, now it's only pastors and a few people who believe they are prophets who prophesy. But when I was growing up as a young Christian in Scripture Union, the chairman is here, I don't know, even scripture, you know, these days the prophecies are not many. Because they say somebody prophesied and he made a mistake. And gradually, 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 we have quenched the spirit. We have, we have, we have cut out the, the grace to prophesy. Both the corporate grace to prophesy and the individual gifts of prophecy to Occupy the office of the prophet. I'm coming to that. Hallelujah. So real genuine prophets are not easy to come by. And the development of the prophetic ministry is suffering. I was in a meeting, was it yesterday? And 
somebody, a man, man of God, ministers meeting, and somebody was saying that people have allowed, is it uh, numeracy or uh, this uh, count number numerology? You know, there is something called numerology, just like palmistry, where you count the, the way in the in the occultic realm you can use numbers. So these dates of birth, it's not all of that of it which is prophetic. And that has gradually in, in, in so-called prophetic schools today, they are teaching that to replace prophecy. And you, the brother or you, the sister, who believes you are genuine, who should practice and exercise yourself in faith to operate in the biblical and Holy Spirit inspired prophetic gift, you, you are just sitting now, you are criticizing. You are not desiring. And we are not desiring. Because we are not desiring, these guys have hijacked the atmosphere. And they pose as the prophets. And you say, okay, they are false, but you too, where is your truth? They are false, it's true. You can tell that when you look at their signs, like Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, from 15 to 20, when he talks about the fact that by their fruit you shall know them, when you look at their manifestations in terms of character and their behavior, you can tell that it's not consistent with the scripture. But you who lose lifestyle, you, you don't fornicate, you, you don't lie, you, you read Bible, you do quiet time, but where is your gift? You don't have a desire. So the guy has hijacked, and the people believe him, just like Simon the sorcerer in, in Samaria. So we are talking, we are in our armchairs, we sit on the radio and TV and say, these guys are cheating us, they are misbehaving. But you, if you have the genuine and the, they have the false, Jesus said that the, the scripture says, the light, the, the light shines and the darkness comprehended it not. But the light is not shining. Many of us, we are not, the light that we, 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 we should bring out in the prophetic is not shining. That is why those that are, have the darkness are posing as servants of light. The young people are not. When Joel says that a young man shall prophesy, how many young men prophesy in even the youth meeting? They will say, okay, in church, there are big people, pastors are there, so I don't want to prophesy. But in the youth meeting, how many young people would desire to prophesy? Women. But I couldn't attend a meeting at rich church ever. And not hear prophecy. Never. Reached old chapel. No. Before the meeting will end, three, four, five. You have to stop the the prophecy. Has to, some people will even go to the extreme of whistling and interpreting whispering. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was not a joke. When they, they start prophesying, people will be crying, confessing sins, no preaching, but they are confessing and running for help. So we must covet earnestly spiritual gifts. Tell your neighbor, covet. Earnestly. Spiritual gifts. And to prophesy. Hallelujah. We want to understand prophecy. Let me help. This is a teaching service. I'll give you seven important points that we, I hope time will allow us to deal with. We are already racing out of time. Number one, what is prophecy? I hope as we address these things, 
we will be able to have faith to now desire spiritual gifts and to prophesy. What is prophecy? Number two, who is a prophet? Number three, what are the signs of a good prophet? Number four, what are the signs of a false prophet? Number five, what is the role of prophecy in the church? Number, number, I've said number five, number six, how, what's the lifestyle of a prophet or one who prophesies? And then, number seven, how do I manage the gift and the office of the prophet? The gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet. I'm going to try to answer these questions step by step so that for your notes you go back. Because as I said, this is not a night teaching subject. It's a whole lifetime because the Bible in itself is the prophecy. That's number one. What is prophecy? The whole word of God is prophecy. Any message that comes out of the mouth of God is prophecy. Hallelujah. The inspired word of God. When you read, as I told you, Revelations 22, the last few verses, 19 down, talks about that this word of prophecy. So the Bible in itself is a book of prophecy. The books of the Bible. But if you ask me the simple definition of prophecy, another definition is the inspired word in season. The word of God which inspires in season. Why do I have to qualify? Because some people can take the Bible and misuse it. When we were kids, people used to use 6 and 7 book of Moses. They used to use Psalms and some of the books and they used to use it for occult. You call Saint Anthony and others. So people have, they can take the Bible and take out the inspiration in a way, let me put it that way, or misrepresent the contents of the Bible for negative purposes. So that's not, inspir- that's not prophecy. But where there is inspiration and is by God, by the Holy Spirit, For divine assignment, that's his prophecy. Hallelujah. So the Bible is prophecy. Then a specific word for a specific group of people at a specific time is also prophecy. Coming from God. So when we talk about prophecy, if you look at the Old Testament especially, many of the books Towards the end after Isaiah says, And the word of the Lord came to Hosea. And the word of the Lord came to so-so and so. And the word of the Lord came to Amos. And the word of the Lord came... So that's where the prophecy... They're all prophecies. When God had to deal with um, Miriam and Aaron regarding Moses, 
in Numbers 12, verse 6, talked about the fact that, as for, if there was a prophet among you, I will speak to him in dreams and visions. But as for Moses, I speak to him face to face. God did, God assumed that we know the meaning who a prophet is. You didn't, there's nowhere in the Bible from the beginning where you see that, oh, now this is the definition of prophet. But you see, God is talking about, if I'm speaking through a person or to a person to communicate to people, that person, what I'm saying is a prophecy. Hallelujah. A divine, inspiring message from God for his people, I would say, is a prophecy. Who then is a prophet? A prophet is somebody whose life is dedicated to God's use to communicate God's message. So, somebody can, let's say like in the Old Testament, we know in the book of Numbers, when Balaam and all of that story, we know that an ass was used. That ass was not a prophet. Hallelujah. Just because the ass was used to communicate God's word. Because the ass is not dedicated to God's use. It's just a seasonal thing. Now we all, as church, someday, sometimes, a brother or sister may be asked to share an exhortation. And that word of God that you will share will be prophetic. It doesn't make you a prophet. The fact that God uses people to speak prophetically does not make them a, a, a prophet or a prophetess. And that's one of the errors of our time. I was listening to um, uh, 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 Derek Prince, and he was saying that, sorry, this generation does not even know, many people don't know Derek Prince. Derek Prince is a seasoned, was a seasoned preacher, one of the most intellectual, charismatic preachers that ever lived. But more importantly, very balanced in his teaching. When it came to the doctrines relating to the Holy Spirit, talking about the gifts of the Spirit and prophetic and all of those things, he was the authority. He lived in his final years in Jerusalem. But he was very balanced in his teaching. If you want a balanced teacher of the Word, then you are talking of the, 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 the Prince, who talked gently but had the substance of the Word. Amen. Now, in one of his teachings about the apostolic ministry and the prophetic ministry. Then he said that, I came to Ghana. I went to Africa and I visited Ghana. (laughs) And I had a meeting of about 3,000 people. And in that meeting, most of them were young people. And in that meeting, I asked, how many people want to be apostles? He said, almost everybody wanted to be an apostle. Then he said, the Lord asked him to read a portion of scripture showing the responsibilities or the, 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 the duties of an apostle. And he began to read something from 1 Corinthians 4 verse 8 and 9 and all of that. Talking about the agonies, the troubles, the sacrifices that apostles had to make. Then he goes to 2 Corinthians 11 where Paul begins to enumerate. Says all the signs of an apostle were found on me, and I was beaten thirty-nine times. I was beaten uh, 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 five times. I was beaten thirty-nine whips, and all I was in prison and in, uh, in fasting often. And he asked them, how, "I mean, look at your age. How many of you have been through these things?" Hallelujah! It's the same thing. 
It's easy to say, oh, I want to be a prophet. The same for the prophetic. How many really want to occupy the office of a prophet? There is a price to pay. It's a spiritual office. It's one of the five folders mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4. But the, a prophet, if you read the Old Testament and the New Testament, even read the book of, um, of Hebrews chapter 11, said many of them, they were sown asunder. They lived in caves. They died. They were abandoned. Whose generation did not even value them. Even John the Baptist, the last of the great the Old Testament prophets before Christ. We saw, we read. He says, We went out to look for the man. We did not see a reed. The man was tough. He was not wobbly. But he says, Those that are in, uh, 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 in palaces, they wear king's nice robes. But he, he wore camel's skin and he ate wild honey and locusts. It doesn't mean that today's prophet, you also have to eat that. But invariably, saying that your life will not be comfortable, it will not be easy. So if you, in today, people say, I want to be prophet, and all they think about is cars. All they think about is lifestyle, travel. I've been to America, this place, that place. You'd see that they haven't understood. It's not the, the glory and the honor and the respect that people, oh, prophet, then people are kneeling to you and worshiping you. Not you. Look at the Old Testament up to the New Testament. Look at them. You see, the life of a prophet was a one was a life of isolation many times, a life of pain, a life of agony, a life of commitment to to God. It wasn't comfortable. Hallelujah. So we are dealing with the prophets, the the gifts of prophecy, and the prophet as a minister. So, who is a prophet? One who is dedicated to be used of God, to speak God's word, which sometimes is not comfortable. Hallelujah. But God told Jeremiah and others, set your face like a flint. He says, I've made you. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 1. Verse 19 thereabout. Okay. Verse 18 says, For behold, I have made thee a defense city and an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land. The whole land, the whole nation of Ghana or Africa is against you. Against you. Against the kings of Judah. Against the princes, the princes are the rich people, the, the preeminent, the eminent people of the land. And against the priests, the, 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 the religious, non-converted community. And against the people of the land, the masses. Hallelujah. Verse 19. And they shall fight. You are going to do the... the none, how many of our prophets today have accepted this? The people, they will fight you. But they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Everybody wants media attention. We like people who can fund us and boost our ego. Then I'm a real prophet. So you see that there's a contrast there. 
when you come into the New Testament, it's not much different. Those who occupy the office of a prophet, they, God gives them such boldness, such courage. They are not, they, 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 are, they are not the normal kind of people. Hallelujah. But yet Paul says that desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Don't be afraid, but desire it and be willing to pay the price. Now that is different from the church and, many, uh, and fellowship prophet uh, 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 function, which is not the office of the prophet. Every child of God, as you speak the word, like I'm doing now, I'm prophesying to you. But I, there's also a time when God may use tongues and interpretation to prophesy to the church. And there may be a time where God may use the, the, the minister or any member of the congregation to speak prophetically to inspire the church. Say amen. Whichever way God chooses to use you, it begins with a certain desire. As I speak now, have a certain desire. Say amen. Have a desire. It's not a, a, a reserved area for pastors or for deacons or for people of a certain look. Everybody can convert. The Bible does not describe the structure of Agabus. I don't know how he looked, whether he looked macho or he was short or whatever. But we know that he was daring because he was able to grab Paul's, uh, what do you call it, garment, and uh, uh, belt, and say, whoever owns this, that says the Lord, he's going to Jerusalem, and the Jews will arrest him, and they will, they will maltreat him, and when they are finished, they will carry him on to his death. And Paul said, yes, even though the prophecy is true, I'm willing to go through, not only to suffer for his sake, but to die. And it did come to pass. Say, Amen. So, what is prophecy? I've said it. Who is the prophet? I've said it. The office of the prophet. And there's also, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the office of the prophet existed. And it still exists. Don't let anybody tell you that after the last apostle died, the prophecy, the five gifts, the, the gifts died. It's not the end. It's not true. Because the scripture is very clear. That most of them had died I give you an example of Agabus, he was a prophet. And others beyond Agabus. Amen. Signs of a prophet. We don't want to belabor that. In Matthew 7, verse 15 to 20. We've just read that, seen that. It says, by their fruit you shall know them. What fruit are we talking about? By character, by behavior, by the way they relate. And also, according to John... First John 4, we are told that anybody who teaches that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh is questionable. There are many signs of a good prophet, which I want to quickly, for when he's prophesying, he prophesies by the Spirit. So let's look at some of them quickly. Um, I'll just run off through those ones um, in a minute. We can't finish all of the signs. There are many, many, many signs. And let me also say that you cannot use one sign to judge a prophet. That's another thing that many people uh, make a mistake. Like I said at the beginning, a good prophet can make a mistake. But it is when you look at all the factors put together that you will know if he's a good or a bad prophet. Amen. 
You cannot say, oh, they, they say he's a good prophet. But last time he said this will happen and it didn't happen the way I thought. One, one prophetic error doesn't make a prophet a false prophet. Get it right. Get it right. And I gave you the example of Samuel. Samuel was a good prophet. And yet his prophecy in Jesse's house did not come to pass. In other words, he misjudged. It doesn't mean that he was not a good prophet. Because God signed under him. That, hey, this man, he's number one. His word doesn't fall to the ground. David was a great prophet. You cannot use one mistake. David, even though he was a great prophet, the Bible talks about his mistake, his error, his moral f- failure. Abraham was a great prophet. The Bible said in, in, when the, uh, 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 Abimelech was going to uh, take over his wife, and said, don't touch that man, for he's my prophet. But that same prophet, we know that when his, 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 uh, his, uh, the wife was delaying in having children, the wife said, why don't you take my maid? He disobeyed God. He took the, the, the maid. So, get it right. There must be a balance. So it's not a one, you cannot say, oh, that man, he says he's a prophet, but he's done this before. Who are thou to be a judge of another man's servant? Before his master, he stands or he falls. Romans 14, 4. So don't make yourself just like, don't look at one side of the story. There are things, even the Apostle Paul, he said in 1 Corinthians 13, he said, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part, there are many things that we don't fully know. So sometimes when you see that somebody has been consistent as a man of God or as a woman of God and something happens in their lives which sometimes raised out, don't just finish, write them off. Hallelujah. There are many things you need to weigh to come to the conclusion whether he or she is good or bad. Amen. Now look at some of the things that are important in testing people. Number one, do they speak the word of God? Hallelujah. Test if they have the word of God. The message, the word of God is one. The message is one. The truth is one. And when we say the truth, that which has been believed by all at all times among the believers, among the saints, he alone cannot have the revelation. Especially in the New Testament, there is nothing like a singular revelational knowledge. It doesn't exist. There is always the comparative or the checking of the prophetic. Any prophet who stands and says, I am the nation's prophet, whatever, when I say nobody can challenge me, he's not, he's, he, he doesn't understand the ministry. Every pro- preaching or prophetic message is subject to judgment of a sort. Hallelujah. That is why Apostle Paul in Acts 13 the Holy Ghost sent Paul and Barnabas separate unto me for, for the work for which I've called them. By verse chapter 15, when they went to Antioch and they were preaching, people had other views about the, what the Jews, the Gentiles needed to do to be saved. What did they do? They didn't say, oh, I am Paul. And, uh, in chapter 13, don't you remember the Holy Ghost sent us forth? So everything I say is ditto, ditto. No. The scripture said they came back to Jerusalem. And they met the apostles. And they conferred. 
And when they are conferred, different ones, Peter spoke, this one spoke, James spoke, this one spoke. Then finally they drew a conclusion and said, okay, let's not put restrictions in these Gentiles, their lives. Now, these are the things. Number one, they should abstain from fornication. Number two, they should abstain from uh, things stronger with blood. Number three, they, should, they shouldn't worry about, we shouldn't worry them about this whole circumcision business. So, corporate interpretation of prophecy is in the New Testament. Amen. So, nobody, no individual can get up and say, I, in the, in the New Testament regime that I have heard from God, nobody can question my prophecy. No. Other believers, be they in your church or not in your church, once they are children of God and they are sound, they can question it. Say amen. So, a good man of God is one, a good prophecy, prophet is one that is willing to be assessed. Peer review. Allow your peers to review your prophecy. Supremacy of Jesus Christ as Lord. That I have said it, but my Lord Jesus rules. The, the love of God is manifest in that prophet's life. Because his ministry is supposed to be ministering by the Holy Ghost. And the scripture, Romans 5, 5 says, For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So a prophet who is divisive, who is always promoting violence, promoting hatred, question mark. Question mark. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. A prophet who is promoting bondage and fear. Second Timothy 1, 7. God has not given us a spirit of t- timidity. Bondage. But of love, of power, of a sound mind. Fear is not of God. Hallelujah. Or, go to Second Timoth- Second, uh, 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 to Corinthians chapter 3, 17. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So, if a prophet, somebody says, I'm a prophet, but every time you speak, it places everybody under siege. From the traditional days to the presidency to everybody, then we need to be careful. Amen. We can go on and on. So there are many ways. I can't go through all the, the ways of knowing if a man is a good prophet or not. Equally, we can tell if somebody is a false prophet. The vice versa. One that rejects the supremacy of Christ and wants to be like, I connect to Jesus directly, to God directly. I know, my, I know God. He's a false prophet. Hallelujah. Does not respect the body of Christ. In Ephesians 2, we are told that the church is established upon Christ being the chief cornerstone and then apostles and prophets. So if, and it's a structure. So if somebody is operating in the church who does not recognize the apostolic control and influence, question mark. Amen. It's not written on the face of the man that he, or woman that he or she is a false prophet. But you see, you need to let your spiritual antennas wake up. Amen. 
then you can tell. You can be cautious. You can see that, no, mm, I must not be taking it so easily. And because the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. If that man or woman is not a son or person of God, you know. Hallelujah. False prophets project themselves and not Christ. When I say not Christ, it's not about mentioning Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. And say, because everybody mentions Jesus' name. But the salvation and saving, the delivering power of Jesus, rather than me, me, me. Jesus said in Matthew 24, said, for many shall come saying, I am the Christ. I am the anointed one. So people who are carrying titles and labels and images that try to make everybody see them as super special, watch it. And not Christ as special. They may pray and at the end of the prayer say, in Jesus' name. They may, they may, they may see, they, you, they may have on their altar a big picture of the, of the Italian Roman Christ. Uh-huh. You know, there are many pictures of Christ that are not Christ, really. And many of us are easily misled. You go to a church, you see an image that is, they, 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 are, they are actors. Hollywood actors that have, they try to picture Christ. And they put, and people idolize some of those pictures so much. And you see a church, a temple, with a big picture like that. And they have it all over. And some of them you see, some of them even they have a weeping Christ. Crying for the church. And it looks very, very holy. Don't be deceived. They can have a very nice cross. They have all the symbols having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. It looks like Christ, but it's not really Christ. May God help his church. Amen. So, it's important that you, as a child of God, your spiritual antennas are sharp enough to read a good prophet and a bad prophet. Difference. Now, let me say this. The prophetic ministry God gave it to the church to perform specific roles. Number one, to give direction. That's what I said. When you read in the Bible, Psalm 119, verse 1, that thy word is a lamb on my feet and all that. It's not only the, the written scriptures. It's not only your daily guide and daily power scriptures you are reading. It also includes the prophetic word. It's a lamp to your feet and light to your path. It's also part of it. Amen. And how do I know in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 4, that apostles and prophets had met. They were gathering. They were praying. That is not in the Bible. It's nowhere in the Bible, the Old Testament, or in the, any of the Gospels. That was a prophetic utterance that came whilst they were ministering to the, 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 the Lord. And the Holy Spirit said, how did he say? He spoke through somebody. In the prophetic utterance. It says, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work for which I have called them. And then verse 4 says, be sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Means that they were not sent by the apostles. They were not sent by those men, Niger and all of those people. But they were sent by the Holy Ghost because a prophetic word had come. 
Amen. So, prophecy gives direction. That's why many of us, we are lacking direction because we don't have prophetic direction. God sends prophecy to give you direction. You can mark time in your ministry. You can mark time in your workplace. You can mark time in your marriage because you lack prophetic direction. And when I say prophetic direction, it doesn't just mean consult a prophet. Even the, the, the direction in, in, in a gathering like this, sometimes a prophet, a, a sister or a brother rise up and give a prophecy and that can settle the matter in your heart for the next move. Hallelujah. A prophecy in the course of preaching like this can settle a matter in your heart and give you clarity of direction. That's prophecy. Hallelujah. A prophecy may appear in your daily quiet time. Or as you are watching a Christian television program, which is by a sound man of God or a woman of God. So, prophecy is for direction. Prophecy is for warning. Revelations 2 and 3. Chapter 2 and chapter 3. You read, the churches were warned. Prophetically, the seven churches of Asia were warned. Prophecy is for prediction. Telling us what is about to happen. And when, one prophecy that Agabus gave, there was supposed to be famine. There was supposed to be hunger. And the, people, the believers who were in one part, Jerusalem, they sent goods to other saints where the famine would be. Like Joseph's prophecy, the dream. It was a form of prophecy. So we must be watchful. We must be vigilant. Some of the things, sometimes, God, because we are not getting prophetic direction, we fall into the traps of the enemy. God is preparing you. Don't go here. Don't, don't, or go here instead at this particular time. Because that is how you are used to a certain route. Or it makes sense. Or it doesn't make sense. And because of that, we make decisions only based on logic. We are spiritual people. There comes a time where we need to be careful how we make our decisions. Hallelujah. Time will not allow me to give you illustrations, a few cases. A situation that one has had to be in that has to just make decisions that didn't make sense, but knew that it was of God. Hallelujah. Encouragement. When you read Isaiah 40, comfort ye my people. Comfort ye my people. Comfort ye. It's, a, it's not every prophecy that should intimidate, that should put fear and panic. No. Comfort. And Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 14 as well. Usually, the congregational prophecy which comes to the laity is one, one of the major assignments is to bring comfort, is to bring exhortation, to inspire encouragement. Prophecy also brings understanding. Look at Daniel. Many of his prophecies were about understanding. People would dream a dream they didn't understand. Kings would dream. And the situations that were complicated, Daniel, Joseph, they, 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 the gift of prophecy upon their lives was for understanding of the times. And you see, when you are in difficult times, the Isaiah prophesied and said in chapter 33 verse 6, Says, wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of the time. Wisdom. Or what? Wisdom and knowledge. 
And why are people panicking as believers? Even sometimes pastors, churches. Why are people panicking? Why do we panic? We panic many times. We, we are fretful because the prophetic word which will bring stability is not in our hearts. May God help us. Amen. Because when the word comes, and it's like we call it the rhema, which is prophetic, comes, it settles the matter. It puts every argument at rest. Amen. Prophecy also brings, reveals things. Hidden things. We see chapter 5. You see what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. So, specific roles of prophecy I have tackled. Let me mention quickly what we need to do. How to manage the gift. And then how you receive. I will leave out the lifestyle. We are not, I'll mention one or two things. But just let me just go straight to. For us as New Testament believers, the scripture tells us to learn when a prophecy comes to judge. We, said, we saw it in First Thessalonians 5 verse 20. Don't despise prophecy. But judge. Prove all things. Test all spirits. First John 4, 1. Test. So you have to ask God. I have to ask God. Lord, how do I test this one? This one that is coming. How do I know? Through prayer. Through the knowledge of the word. Through consulting senior brethren who are more experienced. Be humble. When you are humble, the things you don't understand, ask. What do you think of this revelation? What do you think of this vision? What do you think? And ask people that approve you, not people who always endorse you. So that even if it's not comfortable, I still want it, oh Lord. Then the Lord will use opinion. As for this person, if I go to him or her, the way the interpretation is, I know, like my Kaya thing. As for this one, if I go, well, we are not, I can't be I'm impressed. I want to, I want to travel. And the way, the dream that I had, no. If I go to this brother or this sister or this person, I know how you, they think. You don't know everything. You are not omniscient. You are not God. So you look for the one who easily endorses. Oh, this one has already endorsed. Hallelujah. So, when we receive a prophecy, either from a prophet or from a, a, a meeting like this, we need to judge. We need to believe. Second Chronicles 20, 20. Believe the prophets. Believe the Lord your God. Believe also his prophets. Say so you'll be prosperous. You'll so you'll be established. If you, if you are skeptical of a prophecy, you cannot, it can never work for you. And God will be angry with you. And you'll be judged of God. Hallelujah. And last but not the least, obey the words of prophecy. When you read the book of Revelation, what does it say? It says, he does not keep to the words of this prophet. It means obey. We have a duty to encourage one another to obey. Tell your neighbor, obey. I had a friend in a disco called Obey. Man, obey. But his obey was not disobey. Amen. Well, 
Receive. How do I receive the gifts? That's where we are ending before we pray. We have some minutes to pray. We are going to believe God to pour out according to the scriptures. Joel 2, 28 to 32 tells us he will pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. And everyone, your sons and daughters will prophesy. That's what it says. Hallelujah. So if your prophetic gift has gone, has been muted tonight, my desire is that by the time we pray, God will rekindle that gift. Amen. And if you have never experienced that, I pray God will touch you and give you that fire that you'll be bold to stir up yourself into the place where you can utter the, prom- the, prom- the prophecy of God. And if you want to occupy the office of a prophet, you must prepare yourself. God may give you, like God told Timothy, that stir up the gift which was given to you by the laying on of, your, of my hands, which your mother and grandmother also had. Stir up that gift. That one will take you deciding that, ah, I'm prepared to pay the price. It's not a one-touch thing. We can lay hands on you. We can pray with you. We can speak into you. We can breathe into you. But when you don't, you are not willing to pay the price. Like Elijah that we heard about at the beginning of the year. Elijah had to pay the price. There is a price on one's time, one's convenience, one's pursuits, one's agenda. If you want to occupy the office of a prophet, we cannot sit in the king's palace and wear nice clothes and expect that we operate effectively in the prophetic as a ministry. Say amen. Number one, desire, if you want to receive. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 2. Desire. Say desire earnestly. Many times we desire the, 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 the accoutrements or the, the, the th- ornaments, the encomiums that go with the thing. But the real thing we are not desiring. We like the glamour. We like the respect, the, the acceptance. We like the fact that, oh, that's the man of God or the woman of God coming. But what it takes, the price. Jesus said, you want the seat to sit on the right and to the left. But what you, I, I have had to go through, are you willing to go through? When Archbishop says that, what have you survived? He is true. Nobody has shoving your head with, 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 with broken bottles before. If they called you and said they want to shave your head because of the gospel, you've never had people come to your house and with, with, with weapons to kill you. So you can say what you want to say about the gifts. You can just wish it. You have never, your life, you have never been on the line. You don't know what it takes. I was listening to the late Archbishop Benson Dahosa a few days ago. And he said that he went to preach somewhere. And when he went to preach, in the hotel room, some journalists had planted a lady in a cupboard, in a wardrobe. And he just got into the room and started speaking his tongues. Blessing the Lord. And he just heard noise, noise. 
in the wardrobe. Went to open. Here was this woman who had been bent. All her clothes started. She said, my friend, what are you looking for here? He was talking about, he said, don't joke with this thing called the anointing. Ahidahosa was very dangerous in, for, in those things. Many people died, number of people died under his ministry. I don't know why. I can't explain. So they came for this lady, took her, and she confessed that journalists paid her to come and set him up. And I'm told, according to the story, he said, what I, I was watching, he said she died a few days after or so. What have you been through? What have you survived? You want to be prophetess? You want people, because you have been to university and the campus fellowship, you are only, everybody, nobody was speaking boldly and prophesying in the meetings. And you started prophesying one, two, three times. You know, prophet, oh man of God, man of God. You see young university students say, apostle, apostle. And you, and you see colleagues holding their Bible. What is this? And they have not been through anything. They have not seen anything. No touch. Nobody. They, are like, they have left. They, and they aim high. Happy Home Academy. <laughs> they are just aiming high. And their aiming high is not to serve God better, but to live glamorously. They see Hollywood. They see Beverly Hills. They are not seeing what it takes to get there. May God help us. What does it take to operate in the prophetic? Desire. Seek. Earnestly. You can desire without seeking. Some people can, as I'm speaking now, some people have a desire, but they don't, oh, this one, I didn't get too high. I don't, I don't want to go there. I don't want I'll just be so you have you have heard it you have heard it but you are not willing to seek you are not willing to seek when I wanted to speak in tongues I came home one vacation I said to this this thing they have been talking about I also want so I'll fast many of us we did that when we wanted to speak in tongues Nobody lay hands on me. I started speaking in tongues by the grace of God. The day I spoke in tongues, that same day some pastor and some friends came to my house to call me for a prayer meeting. I was already speaking in tongues. Because the desire was backed by seeking. Woke up early morning, 4 o'clock, I want to pray. Just worshiping God. Nobody taught me. I didn't have have anybody to school me. No, 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 no. I was, I, the Holy Ghost, the desire. I'm telling you. The desire, just the desire. Seeking, following the desire, you can have a desire, but you will not seek. Because fear. People, and you don't want to, because you have been criticizing people, you are afraid that when you do that, you also make a mistake. Tonight, may God deliver you from that fear. And after that, humble yourself. So that somebody can impart to you. Second Timothy 1 talks about it. Timothy was humble. His grandmother, his mother. And Paul said, the gift which I shared with you. 
Some of us, we say, oh, I, 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 I know it all. You don't know it all. We have been preaching for how many years? I started preaching in 1982, maybe. It's how many years? 37, uh, four, 37 years. Almost 40 years. From the days, before I also see if I was preaching. So, if I add the other years, maybe I've reached 40 years. If I was 79, I started preaching when I, I got, I got, I, I started, I made the, 40 years. And still, I'm listening to video, watching video, listening to preachers, and learning the word of God. And still, when we, 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 we got meetings, I want people who are, who are grazing other areas to pray with me. I'm still sharing prayer topics. 40 years of preaching, I'm still desiring that I will learn something I've never learned. I'll receive something I've never received. I'll receive an impartation I've never received. You, you have been around only three years. And you, you think you have reached. Because the way, the, when you went to the last camp, the way you prophesied in the meeting, everybody said, oh, this, welcome the new prophet in town. Or prophetess in town. Let's rise to our feet and pray. Amen. We need to earnestly desire. People, young people have to decide. I want to wait on God three days. And five, no, I want this gift. I want this empowerment. I want God to manifest His glory in my life. Not for sure that I will serve Him. This poster that we have been preaching, this uh, James Camp we have been preaching, ask Bishop Akambu, how many times we have preached in that place? Because the desire was there. And it's still there. We are, we are not allowing that desire to quit. Wherever we get the opportunity, God help us to live long and to go wherever we have to go. Amen. The dimension may change. The audience may change. But the desire ought to be there. Hallelujah. Lift up somebody's voice and say, Lord, I desire to prophesy. I desire to manifest your glory. I desire to, be a, an, uh, to hold the office of a prophet. I desire. Pray. Don't let me stay. We don't need any prompting, any stirring, anything to tell you. You yourself, pray. As if, because, you see, if your family direction, you will not get it. It says, the Lord your God, he will do nothing. Except he says, tells his servant the prophets. Who is the prophet in your house? Are you hearing from God? Something is wrong if you are not hearing from God. You need to be the man who is a prophet. A woman who is a prophetess. God wants to use you to speak to your household. To speak to your clan. To make a difference in your generation. Talk to God somebody. Don't look at somebody else. Can we have some very good strong worship? Hey, kataya la bala kataya. 
You are not too old. You are not too young. Oh Lord. Nobody may know you, but God knows you. Jesus said, have you asked for bread and you give you a stone? No. You ask for fish, he will not give you scorpion. You will not be afraid that you make a mistake. God will help you. The grace is sufficient for you. Let your living water flow over me. Give us that song. Let your living water flow over me. Pray, 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 pray. Open up, open up, open up, open up. Pray, open up, open up, open up, open up. Le koto koto lo baranda. Shebere kete lebere kete ndala baba. Le kete nere brakata nere brakata ya. Lakata nere brakata ya. Lakabaya kata ya. Lakabanda rekato lebere kata ya. Lakota nara bara kota la la baba ya. Makata ya la baba ya. Lakoto lo 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 bosaka baya. Lakata ya. Ele kata nere bere koto lo lo bosaka la la baba ya. Lakota be. Ebere na la bosaka bara na. Lebere nere bere kota. Lake mere bere kata nere bere kata ya. Leba kata ya. Lakabere bere kata ya. Matende nere bere kata ya. Lekoto lo lo bere koto lo bande.
touch, Lord, just another, yes, another, oh, another, ah, touch, oh, oh, your head, just another, just another, 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 Of your Let the power of the Lord come down. Let the power of the Lord come down. Oh, let the power of the Lord from heaven come down. Let the power of the Lord come. Listen to the word of the Lord from Numbers chapter 11. He says, and the Lord, verse 25, and the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took the spirit that was upon him, that Moses, and gave it unto the seventy elders. And it came to pass that when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. Hallelujah. Verse 26 says, But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. And they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle. And they prophesied in the camp. And there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men, answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. And Moses said unto them, Envious thou for my sake? Would God that all the lost people were prophets. Read it again. With God that all the lost people were prophets. Oh, you didn't? I didn't hear you. With God that all the lost people were prophets. And that the Lord would put a spirit upon them. Hallelujah. Tonight, know that you are also elected. You are also appointed unto the prophetic. Now, I came here with a clear instruction from the example of Timothy. I want to pray for your young people, the youth, only, I want to pray, lay hands only on youth, that God will revive and rekindle that fire of the gift. If you are an older person you can, and you feel you're also youth, you can pray, come along. But I am specific in what I, my conviction is. Young people who desire for a stirring to rise up like these young men in the camp to be used to speak forth and to foretell the word of God in season and to occupy and to mature into the office of the ministry of the prophet. I want to just quick, we don't have much time, please quickly come. Young people who desire to move into that realm as we pray this final prayer. I want to pray with you. Young people, 
if you desire that God will raise among you, the scripture says, for God in the time of Moses, God will raise among you a prophet like Moses. A genuine one. We want genuine ones. And as we desire, the desire of the righteous will not be cut short. I pray, O oh Lord, as you sent us with your word, give your people this grace. This grace to operate in the realm of the supernatural. See visions. Dream dreams. Speak the word. Be bold. Be daring. Break barriers. In the name of Jesus. If you are in front of here, lift up your hands to the Lord as a sign of surrender. As you desire, receive it in the name of Jesus. As you desire, encounter the Holy Ghost in a unique way. As you desire, every barrier to your expectation be broken in the name of Jesus. Receive. What God has graciously given to you. Receive in the name of Jesus. 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 Why we are broken. Why we are broken in the name of Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive unction. Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive. 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 Fill me. And use me. Receive in the name of Jesus. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. In the name of Jesus. Receive our trust. Receive our trust. Receive our trust. Receive our trust. In the name of Jesus. Break me. Oh, Jesus, me, me, and fill spirit of the living Let's all be quiet as we lift up holy hands to the Lord in surrender. Holy Spirit, visit your people with fresh oil in the name of Jesus.